If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all, without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all, without reproach, and it will be given to him. James, a servant's wisdom. Uh, where do servants of Jesus, followers of Jesus, look for, for wisdom, for counsel, for guidance, for direction? Where do we look to find healthy habits? Where do we look to shape our, our lifestyle and our way of life? For servants of Jesus, uh, we ask God for wisdom. Um, the world will tell you it's wisdom all of the time. The world will tell you counsel. It'll try to tell you how to live a lifestyle, what the good life is. Um, it's got tons of habits for you. Uh, you can try to find it from influencers or just follow your own desires or advertising or even sometimes what family and friends are telling you or just what the world is telling you or what your flesh wants to do. But servants of Jesus have a different source of wisdom. When we want wisdom, when we're looking for guidance, counsel, direction, we ask God. We ask the Creator God. We come to God for wisdom. A few ways that we do this. One, we come to His Word. We go to the Word of God. We look at the promises of God. We look at the guidance in it. We look at the negative examples in scriptures, failures and repentance that we see throughout different human examples. We look to the perfect examples of Jesus, of what to do. We look at his example for wisdom. There's books of wisdom in scripture. The book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, James that we're reading now is a, is a, a wisdom literature book. So we go to God's word for wisdom. We pray and ask God for wisdom. We spend time in silence discerning what God is calling us to, what he is saying to do. Um, we seek out godly counsel. Um, we look for those who inspire our faith and ask them for counsel. See, godly wisdom will boost your faith. It is, it is faith-filled and faith-fueled. Um, we often know that we can ask people for advice or counsel or wisdom, and we know they're just going to tell us what we want to hear. Um, and we know the difference between asking them and maybe asking that person where you're, you're almost scared to ask them because their faith is inspiring and maybe even a little bit scary. But we know that they're likely to give us godly wisdom. James chapter 3, which we'll get to later, it talks about the wisdom of the world is, leads to selfish ambition. That selfish ambition is not God's wisdom. So that's another thing we know. God's wisdom, godly wisdom makes God look good. It doesn't always make me look good. Worldly wisdom focuses on yourself. What will be good for you? What will make you look good? What will make you feel good? What do you want to do? You do you. But godly wisdom cares about what's going to make Jesus look good. 
What's going to please Jesus? What's going to make much of Jesus? And sometimes what makes much of Jesus doesn't make much of us at all. Godly wisdom is concerned with growing us in godliness and glorifying Jesus. We go to God for wisdom. We go to the Word. We go to prayer. We seek out godly counsel. And godly wisdom will sometimes look foolish to the world. But let us ask. Ask God. And it continues on asking God for wisdom, but then it talks about, um, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of a sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And what it's speaking to here is that when we ask God for his wisdom, one, you have to pause and wait and listen for it. Um, I think what often happens to us is we're like, oh, and God, uh, give me some wisdom. Speak to me, God. Oh, you're not going to speak to me. He never speaks to me. And we just doubt. We, before, we, before we could even listen, before we could even get help from the Lord, before we could even get guidance from his word in prayer, we're not listening. It's, um, we, it's like talking to a friend and, and being like, Hey, uh, what do you think I should do? Oh, you're not even going to tell me what you're going to do. Oh, you wouldn't even listen to me anyways. You wouldn't even listen to any and, you, and you, We don't even give the chance to hear this godly wisdom, let alone receive it, apply it, and live it. And so you're just this double-minded person asking for wisdom, but not even looking or listening or heeding it. And James says, you're not going to receive wisdom from God if that's what you're doing. The other thing I think we do is that we get wisdom from God. We actually hear from God. We go to his word. We get prayerful discernment. We get godly counsel. We get, and then we just kind of talk ourselves out of doing it. We waver. We maybe minimize. Oh, God's calling me to this radical thing. He's calling me to sacrifice this thing for him. He's showing me his way. And then we're like, well, did he really say it to do it that way? And maybe I can kind of do this or compromise here. And, and by the end of, by the time we actually move to action, we've cut out everything that was radical and faith-fueled and faith-filled and inspiring and what would make us more like Jesus. Uh, and we kind of excuse it away until it's no longer godly wisdom. So we want to receive godly wisdom and then actually act on it, not, not waver on it, not hesitate on it, but step into it. Um, as we learn to build this habit of asking God for wisdom, listening, and then actually acting on that wisdom, this will begin to transform us. This, this will grow us in Christ's likeness. This will grow our faith. This will inspire our faith. That we actually ask, listen, and then do. Encourage you. It should start becoming a habit to be doing radical things for Jesus. A habit to be sacrificing things for Jesus. A habit to be 
giving things away and moving in generosity for Jesus, uh, a pattern in a lifestyle, in a way of life where you're doing things that looks foolish to the world. Scripture says that, that, that God's wisdom is foolishness to the world. And that that starts to become even more normative to you. So as followers of Jesus, as servants of Jesus, our wisdom comes from God. First um, Corinthians... First Corinthians says it this way. If this is First Corinthians chapter one, and I'm going to turn there right now. First Corinthians chapter one, verses eighteen through twenty-five. Um, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The wisdom of the cross. Paul says here in 1 Corinthians that we preach Christ crucified. The Christ is, is the ultimate foolishness that God would leave heaven and die on the cross? This seems so foolish, but it is actually the wisdom of God. It, it saved humanity. He died for the sins of the world and uh, ransomed us from sin, Satan, and death through what seemed like folly to the world. And our great hope is this Savior dying for us on the cross and raising again. Um, it is craziness to the world, but it's our great wisdom. We look to the cross for our wisdom. We follow a king who died for us. And the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. That's what it says in verse 25 of chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. And remember that. When you ask God for wisdom and you receive it, if it seems foolish to the world, remember that God's foolishness, if it's truly from God, and test it. Make sure it matches with Scripture. Um, get godly counsel. Pray and discern it. But when you know it's from God, know that that, what seems like foolishness, is actually great wisdom. And if it seems weak to the world, it's stronger than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And if we ever doubt that's true, look to the cross, where Jesus' weakness actually saved us from our sins. Jesus' weakness actually gave us eternal life. His seeming foolishness was the wisdom that brought us salvation. And so we can trust him when he gives us his wisdom. And we can walk out with faith and with courage and with boldness 
and live lives of radical sacrifice. Live lives where we just cut things out. Um, where we can be the weirdos that, that says, I don't need a smartphone, I go to a simple phone because of this. I don't need a promotion because actually um, the hours here are better for my family and better for my walk with Jesus. I don't need a fancier car because I'm going to give the money away to the poor that I'm going to save on it. We, we can just do things that seem foolish to the world. I don't need to hide my sin. I'm actually going to bring it to the light because that's where I'm going to receive confession and freedom. We regularly do things that seem foolish to the world, but are actually part of the wisdom of God because we are followers of Jesus, and followers of Jesus find their wisdom from Jesus. Jesus loves you. His wisdom is for you. His wisdom brings you life and life abundant. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Local Church Podcast. We are a church in Gig Harbor in Port Orchard that is learning to be with Jesus together. If you'd like to know more, you could find us on Instagram at localchurchgh or online at localchurchgh.com. Feel free to reach out to us and we can get you directions to a gathering. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and you are invited. We'd love to see you there. With that, let me leave you with this blessing. May the love of God the Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.